would love to send all the men back to watch the kids and let y'all go to a spa, but we can't do that this morning. So ladies and kids, you can be dismissed. And let's give them one more hand as the kids go out this morning. Amen. As they're going out, if you'd get your Bibles open to the book of Exodus, I want to give you just a quick word this morning, and uh, we want to remind you that we do not have service tonight. We're going to have uh, no PM service so that we can uh, spend time with our families tonight. We do normally have PM service, but we will not have it tonight, and um, we also have a photo booth. Um, I want to thank especially Claudia and Sheila for working on that last night. It's a beautiful uh, photo booth. So after, don't, don't forget to take a picture before you leave with your family, with your mom. Um, anybody can use it, and uh, it's a blessing. Amen? Well, as the, as the kids were leaving, all of you that know me very well know I love kids' jokes. I love to hear, as we just did there, the, the perspective uh, that kids have. And I want to read a few things this morning and just kind of honor, continue to honor moms. And um, I was talking to one of our young men this morning before church, and I said, man, you're getting big, you're really growing. And he says, yeah, it's because I'm getting hiccups. And those hiccups are making me grow. So I said, okay, that's good. Is that true? Is that a medical fact? Okay, I did not know that. Mom, you failed on telling me that I grew because of hiccups. I would have hiccuped more. I guess I must have hiccuped a lot, because I'm pretty tall. But I want to give you a few things of letters to God um, I love to, to think about, and as you hear these, you might uh, think this might have been written by your kid. Dear God, I read the Bible. What does begat mean? Nobody will tell me. Love, Allison. <laughs> Dear God, did you mean for the giraffe to look like that, or was it an accident? Dear God, I went to this wedding, and they kissed right in church. Is that okay? <laughs> Dear God, thank you for the baby, brother, but I prayed for a puppy. That guy's having the Holy Ghost back there. Please send me a pony, dear God. I never asked for anything before. You can look it up. <laughs> dear God, please send Dennis Clark to a different camp this year. <laughs> dear God, I think about you sometimes even when I'm not praying. Dear God, I didn't think orange went very well with purple, but the sunset you made on Tuesday, that was cool. And then last but not least, dear God, I bet it's hard for you to love everybody in the world. There's only four people in my family and I can't do it. <laughs> Amen. Kids, sense of humors. Amen. Out of the mouth of babes. Let's go to Exodus chapter 2. I want to talk about the compassion of a mother. There's some really good stories in the Bible specific to the sacrifice. You know, I, every, mother's, every Mother's Day when I preach a message about moms, there's certain words that come to my, to my mind. And, and sacrifice is always one. Strength. Um, lots of things come, but another one is compassion. And, and it, there's, there's gifts, you know, 1 Peter chapter 4, I think it's verse 10, talks about us having gifts. 
moms definitely have gifts that are special. And one, of the, one of the most amazing things about moms is, from my experience of my own mother and seeing other moms, is how they're able to do so many things at one time. If you give a guy more than one thing to do at one time, you can be sure not even that one thing's going to get done. But a mom can juggle six or seven or ten things at one time, and it's definitely an amazing thing. So we want to look at Exodus chapter 2, and many of you know this story, but it's a powerful glimpse of, of the power that God gave a mom. And I want to start in verse 1. If you're there, give me an amen. And a man of the house of Levi went and took as a wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him for three months. Now, most of you know the story here that Pharaoh has already said, I'm going to kill every firstborn child. And um, Moses is born. We know the end result of that, but the beginning result of that is the fact that his mother of compassion had to do something that moms, you could see how difficult this would be. And we're going to read on and see what she does. She takes this young child at three months and hides in verse 2. And when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, dabbed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the, the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. And her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him. And said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse for him for me, and I will give you wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. And the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And so she called his name Moses, saying, Because I drew him out of the water. Father, we pray for the next few minutes that you would anoint your word and allow us to have a time together this morning as a family, uh, honoring the mothers in our lives today. We thank you for uh, being able to read your word and see nuggets and see things inside uh, of your word that are so powerful. And Lord, we pray that you would challenge mothers this morning to continue to be the very best examples of mothers that they can be the very best examples of sacrifice and compassion and that Lord all around them we would honor them for what they have done and what they continue to do Lord we thank you for the the special gift that mothers are today in Jesus name we pray amen so there's a powerful thing here that we see how God works out this this story first First, he, he causes a mother to do something that it would not, no one would want to have to do. To take that baby at three months and literally put it into harm's way to save the baby from harm's way. 
If you think about what a mother does, that's what I think a mother does many times. A mother, that's why the word sacrifice is so important. A mother does something that sometimes is very sacrificial so that she can see the fulfillment of what God has for that person's life down the road. And you look at the care um, and the compassion that a mother has. And, and the reason is obvious, of course, that the woman carries that baby. She carries that baby in her, in, her, in her womb for, what is it, almost 10 months and probably feels like 10 years. And I, I saw something this morning um, that I was like, that's crazy. Someone was showing, because it's Mother's Day, uh, some guy who was in a nurse's doc- doctor's office on a bed and there was ladies around him and they were going to show, I didn't see the video, but they were going to show him uh, the, pow- the, 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 the actual pain that a woman goes through in labor. That would be crazy. I would not sign up for it because I, you don't need to show me. I believe. Amen. I'm not doubting Thomas. I know that it's bad. Amen. And, and, and the truth be told this morning on Mother's Day, we know that men have a certain strength. But there is a strength that women have that men do not have. And men, if you don't admit that, you're silly. Okay? You must admit that. You must let your, your wife know you are strong. Amen. And thank her for what she did, because I have said this every year, the entire time I've been in the ministry, the population of the world would be so much less if men had babies. The whole one and done thing, there would be no two, three, four, five, six kid families. Multi-family, multi-child families would not exist. But somehow God puts in, in a woman the strength to go through what she goes through to have a kid. And then somehow wants another one that doesn't even make sense to me honestly like as a man why you would want to do that again but what i've been told from my own wife and other mothers is the joy that comes from giving birth to that child and going through all the pain way outweighs the pain you go through to have the child kind of sounds like things we go through in life amen moses's mother is seeing a destiny upon Moses' life. And we don't know the outcome. Here we are reading the book of Moses, the book of Exodus, the story of Moses, thousands of years later. How many know this morning that our lives are still being written? Our kids' lives are still being written. Every single one of us here, short of nobody, had a mom. We all came out of a mother's womb. We all came through that miracle which is childbirth. And we're still writing our story. But the truth is, God has a destiny for us. And if it wasn't for, you know, this morning, there's many situations in, in our lives of how we came into this world, how um, we were treated once we came into this world, how we were raised, all those different things. But the bottom line is, as, as Psalms 139 says, which is one of my favorite chapters, talks about He knew us when we were in our mother's womb. He formed us. He knew our inward parts. And we all have a destiny this morning. But if it wasn't for our mother bringing us into this world, we wouldn't be here fulfilling that destiny. Amen? And so there's a special place that mom has and a special strength and a special compassion. But one of the things that I think that we need to understand and know this morning is there is no such thing as a perfect mother. Amen? We want, we want to be, you know, that perfect uh, parent. We want to be that perfect example. And I don't say that to drag a mother down. But a lot of times the, 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 the expectations that are placed on us are very difficult to live up to. Amen? 
How many, without raising your hands, know you might have seen in your life as mothers a, a different examples growing up? You had an example of your mother. You had an example probably of grandparents. You had an example of aunts. You had an example of maybe your parents' friends. And, and there's so many different angles and so many different things that happen that cause us to become who we are. But we have to understand that there's, there's something that God is doing. And I want to throw this in for just a few seconds here. I'm not, this isn't something I was even planning, but I think it's important today. Um, Friday in discipleship, uh, and I'm going to preach a message on this. I just want to give you a little thing because this is really important. On days like Mother's Day, Father's Day, um, I always say this, and I, and I don't get tired of saying this. I know that there's so many different situations represented on a day like this. Um, many days of jo- many things of joy, many things of sorrow. Uh, there, there, there's, there's people in here this morning who don't have their mothers here, as we said earlier. They've gone to be with the Lord. They've passed into eternity. Uh, others have estranged relationships. Um, sometimes we tend to think that that's just the, just the deadbeat dad that's gone. But there are some people, matter of fact, someone in our church this week uh, responded and said, you know, I, I don't have that relationship with my mom. It's not always the deadbeat dad. There are some moms that aren't the greatest example in the world either. And that, that causes tension growing up. That causes us to not be able sometimes to fulfill uh, in our eyes the, the destiny that God has for us. But I was talking to my daughters about this last night too. And we went over this in, in discipleship. If we don't have bad examples in our lives, we'll never know what a good example is. If we don't have any adversity, if we don't have any struggle, if we don't have any problems, we'll never know what it is to have good t- things. And, and what, what the topic was, and again, I'm going to preach a message on this, but this is important. I, think, I feel like saying this this morning. Uh, the question was, where did, where did evil come from? You know, did God create evil? And so we had this whole discussion about it, went into scriptures and everything. But I, I began to think about this. We, we, we know that every good and perfect gift comes from God, that there's nothing bad in God. But we have to understand that the life that we're living this morning and the, the greatest gift that God ever gave us outside of a mom bringing us into this world was once we came into this world, he gave us free will. Free will. It's the greatest gift of love ever given by God. And, and sometimes we were kind of discussing this, that sometimes we think, man, why, why, why did it happen this way? As you think about your life this morning, as a mother, as a child, as a father, as, a, as an adult, as a teenager, why? That's a, that's a huge question we ask in life, right? Why? And, and I started to think, you know, there's people in here this morning that, that are in pain. We prayed for healing last Sunday. People have pain. People have arthritis. People have um, chronic diseases. People have uh, things they're going through this morning that are, that are not good. But did you know that if we never had pain, we would not know what healing is? There's people in here this morning that have struggles sometimes in their marriages. If you never had a struggle in your marriage, you would not know how to appreciate the good times of marriage. There's times in our lives here this morning that we have struggles with our kids or with our parents or with our siblings. If everything was perfect and there was no free will, we would not know what it is to have a victory. How many are following me this morning? And so we look at this story and, 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 and Moses eventually, as we know, does an amazing thing to, to free the Israelites 
out of, out of bondage and out of slavery. But if, if Moses had not gone through what he went through from a very young child, he would not have been able to appreciate the victory that God wanted to give him. Amen? We need to understand the, the, there's nobody on this earth more caring and conscious and compassionate than a mother. And, and the proof of that is, now we know there's, there are bad examples like anything else, but the good example is a mother who would carry that child for all those months of pain and, and do it with joy, do it with happiness. And, and, you know, I know that moms have their bad days. I know that there's those certain weeks that get real, real bad and, and turn into months sometimes and morning sickness and all those things. But then you see the mom where she's happy. She's happy. She's smiling. She's carrying that big old thing around, and she's happy. If guys were pregnant, there would never be a happy day. It would be 10 months of misery for everybody. Amen? Somehow, women have this compassion that we can't even understand. But I want you to know, moms, this morning, God has an answer for all of your problems this morning. Amen. God has an answer for all of your questions. How many believe that this morning, that God has an answer for our questions this morning? Amen. We always have questions. I want to look at another story in 1 Kings chapter 3. These are not new stories, but God can speak something new to us on these stories this morning. 1 Kings chapter 3. Another, another amazing story. We were talking about this too. You know, I was, I was reading, and again, I'm going to preach a message on this. I'm going to work on this and preach a full one on on free will and, and our choice of, of what we do in our lives and why evil exists and all these different things. And it might even be a series. But you begin to look at the Bible and you realize that God could have left a lot of stuff out. He could have made the Bible to be what I think a lot of people expect it to be, which is perfect. Now, God is perfect, but we're not. And I think a lot of times when people read the Bible, they expect the Bible to be perfect. They expect people in there to be perfect. They expect people in there to be without sin. They expect people in there to be, uh, uh, you know, this, this on a pedestal that's so high. But how many realize this morning, thank God he left the stories in there of the people who failed and made mistakes so that you and I could relate to it and be able to say, I can be in the Bible too. And I'm not, I'm not good enough, so I can't re- re- reach up to that. But God left those stories in on purpose. Because you read some of these things, and they're crazy. They're really crazy stories. And I actually saw, uh, as I was studying out this thing about the evil and everything, I actually saw sites. There's a site called evilbible.com. And, and they actually have const- constructed an entire site pulling out all the verses in the Bible that talk about where God killed people or had people killed, where people were raped, where people, you know, all the, all the bad verses and pulled them out and made it and said, this is the God you serve. You know, how would you like somebody to base their opinion on your life by all the bad things you've ever done and never talk about the good? Come on, somebody. That would not be a good, you know, if, if, if we began to talk about Denton, Texas tonight, someone said, someone said, hey, how's Denton, Texas? And I began to talk about all the criminals in Denton. And I began to talk about all the people that are in jail this morning, all the people that are in prison this morning, and all the murders that have happened, and all the bad things that have happened, and I never mentioned anything good. I'm not giving a good representation of what Denton, Texas is. 
I'm choosing to pick on the, the bad things. And, and God didn't do that, and he didn't do that on purpose. He left things in there for us. Let's look at 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 16. Solomon, in all his wisdom, is working here, and it says, Two women who were harlots or prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. And one woman said, My Lord, this woman and I dwell in the same house. I gave birth while she was in the house. And then it happened, the third day after I had given birth, that this woman also gave birth. And we were together. No one was with us in the house except the two of us in the house. And this woman's son died in the night because she laid on him. So she arose in the middle of the night, took my son from my side, and while your maidservant slept, laid him in her bosom, and laid her dead child in mine. And when I arose in the morning to nurse my son, there he was, dead. Pretty crazy story. But when I had examined him in the morning, indeed, he was not my son whom I had borne. Now, I just want to make a note there. Guys, we probably would have messed up on this. Right? It's not because guys are bad and dads aren't good. It's because they spend a whole lot more time with them in that, those first few months, especially, right? So she says, that's not my son who I have born. And the other woman says, no, but the living one is my son and the dead one is your son. And the first woman said, no, the dead one is your son and the living one is my son. And they spoke before the king. And the king said, the one says, this is my son who lives, and your son is the dead one. And the other says, no, but your son is the dead one, and my son is the living one. So the king said, bring me a sword. Bring me a sword. And they brought a sword before the king, verse 25. And the king said, divide the living child in two. Give one half to one. And the one half to the other. And the woman whose son was living, look at this compassion. The one whose son was living spoke to the king, for she yearned with what? Compassion for her son. And she said, Oh my Lord, give her the living child, and by no means kill him. But the other said, Let me, let him be neither mine nor yours, go ahead and divide him. So the king said, give the first woman the living child and by no means kill him. She is the mother. She is his mother. And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had rendered and they feared the king and saw that he had the wisdom of God and was able to administer justice. God has the answers. What a miracle, amen? What, what, only a mother of compassion could do that. I would rather lose my son and him live than let him die. What, that, this goes back to the same, same example of, of Moses' mom that says, I would rather somebody else raise my child and make sure he lives and fulfills his destiny than to allow him to be killed. Amen? The stories go on and on. And you know, today there's story after story. You have a story. We all have stories. I, I can imagine there's some, probably some pretty wild stories in this place of, of, of how 
Uh, we were born of the sacrifices of compassion that mothers went through for us to be born. Uh, I could go on story after story this morning telling things of examples of how women sacrificed and, 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 and went full term with a baby. You know, that you, it's one of the biggest debates in the world today. Abortion and killing babies because of rape or, or situations like that. God bless those mothers who say, you know what? I'm not going to kill this child. I'm going to take this baby full term, and I might not be able to raise it, but I'm going to make sure this baby has a life. I've told the story before. I met a man 20-something years ago when I first got saved. His name is Reggie Dabbs. He's an amazing evangelist, still preaches the gospel to this day, and he is the benefit. He was born out of a $20 bill. Y'all know what that means. He was born from a $20 bill. If you don't know what that means, come ask me later. Amen. And he uh, never knew his mother, never knew the father. He was told his whole life, that's how he came. And today he's preaching the gospel all around the world and goes into schools and tells them his testimony. And, and, and he's able to share with them, listen, I come from that. But look what God has done with me. Amen. How many know it's not how we come out. It's what we do with God's plan for our lives when we come out. Many hurts, many struggles, but God has the answers. You might be here this morning saying, I don't understand. I don't, I don't, I don't get what, what, what the situ I don't get this situation. Why did it have to happen this way? Don't look, moms. Don't look for stress-free motherhood. Embrace the stress problems. Embrace the challenges. Embrace the opportunities to know that in the, in the trial that you're going through, and not just moms, all of us, God is doing something. Amen? Because again, without the trials, without the pain, without the suffering, we can't really appreciate the good things. Amen? You're going to go from the pains of giving birth to the empty nest, to grandchildren, to beyond. It's never going to end, but embrace it. There's going to be things you can't control, but you can control how you handle those things. Amen. God didn't give Solomon the wisdom so that people could stand around and say, ooh and ah. He gave them the wisdom so that that man's, that baby's purpose in life could be fulfilled. What would have happened if that baby would have been killed? Amen. Now, some people would say, well, what about the other one? I told the guys Friday morning, don't go to hell over a mystery. There are going to be things in your life that you are not going to understand. There are going to th be things in your life that don't make sense. But how many know at the end of the day, God is sovereign and God is good and God loves us and he has a plan and he has a purpose and his purpose will prevail in our lives. We just have to trust him and say, God, there are some things I don't quite understand. There are some things I would have done different. But I'm not God. And you can say today, I, I, you know, you can have the attitude, I'm thankful for the struggles. I'm thankful for the problems. I'm thankful for the trials that I went through because those things have made me who I am. Amen? They have made me who I am. And, 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 and when you talk about the compassion that a mother has, this is part of ministry. You know, in this place, we challenge everybody to get involved. 
We challenge everybody to do something, to be a part of the ministry. It's God's will that we're all, we're all evangelists this morning. Amen? It's not something that we just sit back and, and watch. We all have something we can do. It doesn't have to have a microphone in your hand or stand in front of people. We all have a call to do something. And the way we do God's call is through compassion. You know, I want to challenge you to do something. You don't have to do it today. But I want to challenge you to begin to embrace and take advantage of the opportunities to meet people, especially in our church, especially here. You know, the Bible says that we can't love the world if we can't love and embrace our own brothers and sisters that are right in front of our face. I challenge you to get to know some people. Sit down with some people and, and find out what they've been through. Now, they're only going to tell you what they, what they want to tell you anyways. I'm not asking you, hey, hey, tell me all the bad things about your life. But get to know that person because, you know, we don't know what pe people have been through. Do you realize that sitting in this place, you might have somebody sitting next to you that has been through some stuff that you could never imagine? Never imagine looking at them? Never, never imagine knowing their pain, knowing the things they've gone through. Sometimes you see the finished product of a person's life, but you don't know that if it wasn't for those trials and those problems and those struggles, you would not be the person that you are. Amen. And so God allows those things. You know, I thought about the fact of temptation. If there's no temptation, if there's no tempter, we can't be tempted. Somebody has to tempt God has to allow temptation to be in our lives so that we can learn what we don't need in our lives. And, and that's the thing you need to embrace. Whatever your situation is this morning, because again, you can't preach a Mother's Day message or a Father's Day message or a message about family and just focus on one area because everybody's in different places. Some people in this place... Again, don't have their mother here. Some people in this place don't have a relationship with their mother. Some people have a great relationship with their mother, but they're not in this city. And on and on and on, there's different situations. And everybody's in a different place. But we all need the compassion of a mother. The compassion that says, I'm going to put somebody else in front of me. That's what Moses' mother did. Moses said, I'm more concerned about what his life is going to be than what mine is. More concerned, as the mother in this Solomon story, about him having a life than me being selfish and making sure that my kid lives too. My kid died. His, hers is dead. Mine's going to be dead too. There's compassion here that only God can give. I want to finish in Proverbs 31, which is the great chapter for, for mothers. I sent out the verse this morning on it. If you go to Proverbs chapter 31. Moms, take the stress off yourselves. Don't put that stress on yourself that you have to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. Just love people. Love your kids. Love your spouse. Take the pressure off and say, God, help me love like you love. I'm going to God to help you. If you have those answers this morning, that's, I can't say that enough. Let God answer the questions. God will answer the questions. You know, we go to people more than we, we, we go to God. People, God can use people to give us an answer. But I'll tell you what, God's got the answers. Whenever you don't understand something, let God be the answer. Proverbs chapter 31. I've got to get there myself. Give me an amen if you're there.
We're going to start in verse 10. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. Now, some people will begin to read these things. I want to throw this in there again. Whenever you're reading the Bible and you begin to read something, and automatically in your spirit you say, I've already failed on that. You ever read the Bible and begin to go, virtuous woman? I'm, I'm not even married. Good and not evil? All the days of my life? That's not me. You've got to understand, when you read this book, the great thing about the, the gospel is the hope that today I can change. Today, I can become the mom God wants me to be. I can become the woman God wants me to be. I can become the father God wants me to be. I can become the man or woman of God God wants me to be. Amen? How many believe that this morning? We can look at this and say, I'm not there, but I want to be. I'm not there, but I want to be. And many of you in here this morning can say, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I was. What a blessing to listen to these kids on these videos saying these things about their moms, especially I, I love that we go to church together. Some of you couldn't say that two years ago. Your kids would, some of you two years ago would not have wanted your kids to be interviewed because it wasn't about church. It wasn't about godly things. Can somebody say amen? Thank God, God can step into a life and turn it in a totally different direction. She seeks wool and flax and willingly, verse 13, works with her hands. She's like the merchant ship. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it's yet night, provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservant. She considers a field and buys it from her profit. She plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. She reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates. When he sits among the elders of the land, she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well. But you, and I want you to put yourself there, you excel them all. And if I just said that to you, moms, and you said, no, inside, no, I can't accept that, that's the devil. That's the lie of the devil, amen? You excel them all. God loves you. God appreciates you. God has a plan for you. doesn't matter how many mistakes you've made. The mistakes in the past are just that. They're mistakes in the past. Today is a new day. His mercies are new every morning 
and great is his faithfulness. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Amen. Guys, if you're here today and your, your wife is here and she's serving God, you thank God for that. You thank God. I always try to make sure my wife knows that I appreciate the fact that she stands by me. And she has stood by me for all these years, all the different times that God has called us to different places to do different things. There's always going to be struggles in your life. There's always going to be times where you lose focus on how good that person is next to you. But you need to remind yourself, she could be someplace else. She could be doing something else. But she chose to stand by my side through thick and thin. Amen. For better, for worse. For richer, for poor. God gives us the mother of compassion. I want to close with this just to lighten the load a little bit. 24 things. Don't get scared by the number. My mother taught me. What's up, mama? This actually, I didn't actually write this, but. I am blessed to be able to have my mother here. Amen. My mama is a miracle. She should have died about 16 years ago, but she's alive. And I take her in that wheelchair any day over the, over the other. Amen. Uh, I remember when, I, when she first had her stroke, I was in Costa Rica. That's not good news when you're 3,000 miles away. And uh, I, I made, a, made my way back here, and she was in the hospital. And um, I remember she had not eaten. I just have to throw this in here for one, because my brother or sister aren't here, and I have the microphone. I am her favorite child. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And I have proof, because my brother and sister were here, when she had her stroke. And I don't remember how long it was, but she had not eaten anything until I got here. I got here and went to the hospital, and she ate for the first time. So just proof there that I'm her favorite child. Amen. <laughs> and, it, and, and she began to get her strength back. But I thank God for all the things moms taught me. But here's, here's a couple things. Mother taught me to appreciate a job well done. If you're going to kill each other, do it outside. I just finished cleaning. <laughs> My mama taught me religion. You better pray that comes out of that carpet. <laughs> My mama taught me about time travel. If you don't straighten up, I'm going to knock you into the middle of next week. <laughs> My mama taught me logic. Because I said so. That's why. <laughs> my mom taught me more logic if you fall out of that swing and break your neck you're not going to the store with me <laughs> my mother taught me foresight make sure you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident <laughs> my mother taught me irony keep crying and I'll give you something to cry about my mama taught me about osmosis, the science of osmosis. Shut your mouth and eat your supper. <laughs> My mama taught me about hindsight. Look at that dirt behind your ears. My mama taught me about stamina. You're going to sit there till all that spinach is gone. Now, I have a story. 
personal story. I don't remember a lot of stories, but I remember this one. We were in Phoenix. I was about 10 years old. And, and it, here's the funny thing, too. How many of you are adults now? You're over 25, 30, 40, whatever, maybe even over 20, and you eat different now than you did when you were younger? How many have grown to like things that you hated when you were younger? So all you younger people just realize that. You're going to eventually like it. Onions being one of them. Eggs. I love eggs today. Like I could eat eggs every day. I could eat an omelet every day. But I didn't like eggs when I was a kid at all. And I remember a summer day, about 10 o'clock in the morning, my mom made eggs. And it was a lot of them. And she put them in front of me. And I'll never forget. I don't even know if she remembers this. I'll never forget. You're going to eat those eggs or you're not going to go out to play. So I sat there and did what kids do, pondered for a long time. Now, another story, not the eggs one. I remember another time when she told me I had to eat my food and it got cold. And I remember stuffing ground beef up my nose to try to hide it. Do not do that. Do not recommend that at all. Like way up in there. That is dumb, right? <laughs> I did. I did. But I pondered these eggs, and I thought, I'm not going to stick them up my nose. I cannot eat these eggs. And I started to think it was kind of a future reference of being a missionary. As a missionary, I know I'm going somewhere with this. As a missionary, you go into someone's house, and they offer you really gross stuff. You have the choice. Am I going to offend this person by not eating this? Or would it be more offensive to throw up in their living room? That would always have to be my thought. Literally. Like, I don't know what's going to be worse. You know, you kind of weigh it out. Remember one time this person gave me some milk. They didn't have a fridge. It looked kind of curdy. And I remember just looking at it and, 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 you know, I'd put it up to my mouth and act like I was drinking it. Kind of wipe my mouth a little bit. And I found the opportunity to go out and dump it. Came back in. So thank you so much for this. But back to my eggs. This is a futuristic thing of being a missionary, I think. What am I going to do with these eggs? I can't eat these eggs. If I throw up, mom will be mad. So I remember as time went on, that's the problem with food. It gets cold. It doesn't get better. It gets worse. Eggs are already gross at that time. Now they're cold. Well, finally, mom was gone long enough, and I took that plate of eggs. And if I was smart, I would have gone to the toilet. But I went behind the couch and dumped them behind the couch. So your sins will find you out, but they do not always find you out right away. So you can imagine about a day or two later, there was a smell in the living room, and it was my eggs. Do you remember that, Mom? My mama taught me about hypocrisy. If I ever told you once, I've told you a million times. Don't exaggerate. My mom taught me the circle of life. Everybody knows this one. I've brought you into this world. I can take you out. <laughs> My mom taught me about behavior modification. Stop acting like your father. <laughs> My mom taught me about envy. There are millions of less fortunate children in this world who don't have wonderful parents like you do. My mom taught me about anticipation. Just wait until we get home. <laughs> Woo, hated those words. I had parents who actually followed through with those words. 
My mama taught me about receiving. You're going to get it when we get home. My mom taught me about medical science. If you don't stop crossing your eyes, they're going to freeze that way. Amen. My mom taught me about how to plan for, your, for my future. If you don't pass your spelling test, you're never going to get a good job. My mom taught me about humor. When that lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't come home running to me. My mom taught me how to become an adult. If you don't eat your vegetables, you'll never grow up. My mom taught me about genetics. You're just like your father. When they do bad things, right? My mom taught me about my roots. Shut that door behind you. Do you think you were born in a barn? And my mother taught me about the wisdom of age. When you get to be my age and have children of your own, you'll understand. Amen. Musicians, you can come. As they come, my mom taught me about one more thing, justice. One day, you're going to have kids, and I hope they turn out just like you. Amen. Father, thank you for some laughing. Thank you for some celebrating. Thank you for moms. I thank you for my mom. I thank you for all the moms here. Thank you for my wife being a wonderful mom. Lord, we bless you and honor you and thank you for the, the compassion that you put inside of moms that can only come from you. Lord, today, uh, let, let these words challenge us. We all need more compassion. Destiny will not be fulfilled if we don't have the compassion that you want to give us for our lives, to see things through. Give us perspective this morning. Heal this morning those that are hurting through estranged relationships or missing their moms today. I know many are missing their moms on days like this. But Lord, we won't focus on, on what we don't have today. We can focus on what we had. We can focus on the good times, focus on the good memories. And as you're listening this morning and you're praying, moms, I especially want to challenge you to not be so caught up in what you don't have, to not be what God wants you to be now. Take, take, take the moments to seize the moment today if you're a mom and you have kids and really love your kids and really show them that compassion that they're going to remember someday. You might not have your mom here or you might not have a good relationship with your mom, but you're a mom. You can make sure that you can learn from mom's mistakes. That's the best thing you could possibly do this morning is learn from mom's mistakes. Something you didn't like about mom, something that mom didn't do that you thought was right, learn from that this morning. And, 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 and be that example this morning to somebody else. Learn and say, you know, I, my mom didn't do this for me, but I'm going to do this for my kids. That's the blessing of having another day this morning to live for the Lord. How many this morning all over this place could say, you know, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm not saved today and I want to be saved. I want Jesus to come into my heart. And I want to know that if I died today, I'd spend eternity in heaven. How many could say that's me this morning? I want to pray for you all over this place. Amen. God bless you. I want to know that I am born again. I want to know that my name's in the Lamb's book of life. Amen.
stand. As we stand this morning, maybe you're here and you've got some answers you're looking for, as I said there. God's got your answers. He's got your answers. You know, it doesn't matter what the message is that's preached. A lot of times you may come in with a, a, a need or a struggle or a problem and the message specifically wasn't on your subject. But God's got answers for you at the altar. God's got joy. God's got peace. God's got happiness. God's got healing. Maybe you came this morning and you think, man, I, I need a healing in my body. It's Mother's Day. They're not going to pray for the sick. Jesus is here to heal. He's here to heal. He's here to heal your relationships. We talked about forgiveness Wednesday night. Mother's Day is a good day to forgive. Amen? Mother's Day is a good day to forgive. Father's Day is a good day to forgive. It's a good day to say, Lord, I've been hurt, but I'm going to forgive. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to loose that power and unlock the door that makes me a prisoner in my own life. Amen? There's situations here. I understand that. God is good. Don't blame God. God is good. God is good. Amen. Amen. As we sing this song, we're going to open up the altar this morning. Find a place. We have leaders that will pray with you and agree with you this morning. Let's just take a few minutes and then just find a place to pray.